everyone. Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. I'm Randy Hess, and I'm with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habaker. Hey, Hal. Good morning. Randy, it's great to be with you this morning. I love doing these, and I hope we can help people grow as they engage with the mission of Finishing Well Ministry, fulfilling God's plan for our aging retirement years. What does God have for us? You know, we've been working on the six essentials for finishing well. The first one was to keep growing. The second one was to keep connecting, looking at relationships. And today I want to look at our third essential, which is I will care, I will love, We will be there for others in their needs. We will love one another, each other, as Jesus loved us. That's the mission for today's third essential. That seems like, (laughs) Hal, if if, if there is a critical element to your message, that certainly has to be it. I think all these messages really revolve around Christ and what he means to us, we're, we're followers of Christ, we're disciples of his. So at every point in our life, we're learning to be like him. That's why he claimed our lives. That's why he laid hold of us, Philippians 3. So today's focus is on what it means to love others and really care for them, Randy. And I look yep. forward to getting into this with you. Yeah, I, I do too, Hal. Could you just uh, give a little bit more of your thinking around why this was one of the keys, one of the keys to finishing well as you as you put the essentials together. Well, yeah, I'd love to, Randy. Uh, you know, it comes to me from Jesus' example. Uh, you know, you have the Old Testament background. The two great commandments are to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors ourselves. But what I see in Jesus' life, I see him taking us to the heart of the issue. What does it really mean to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? What does it really mean to love your neighbors yourself? So in this third essential, Jesus is drilling down on what that really means, and I think he's taking it a step further. Uh, Let me put it in the biblical context. In John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus says this, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, that's deeper than loving your neighbors yourself. That is loving others the way Jesus loved us. And then he adds this next phrase in verse 35. By this, all men, and that's not just people around you as Christians and your body of Christ or whatever, your local church. But by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love like Jesus' love for one another. So that sets the stage in a, in a new way that we don't often think about relating with others. Does that make sense, Randy? It does, Hal. It does. And it also, uh, I think, brings home a point that I may be missing uh, some things around me. I may be missing how I'm actually relating to people. Um, so this is a, this seems to me like uh, a just <laughs> if we want to call them essentials, this is the essential of all essentials to me. Well, I would agree with you because if you're going to love from somebody from the heart and love them like Jesus loves you and me, 
You know, it means we got to pay attention to people around us. Uh, we can't be casual. I mean, this is not just, well, if I have time to do it, I'll do it. If I don't, I won't. Who cares? Nobody knows. Uh-uh. This is drilling down on the importance of other people in our lives right. that Jesus wants us to pay attention to. And that's hard for some. I know how, uh, possibly, uh, maybe many, uh, to to get their arms around, if you will, because their lives are already consumed by their care for or their issues with or their uh, struggles with. Uh, what's going on in their own life. And so um, it sounds like you are saying, I don't want you to neglect <laughs> yourself to the point where you let things go you should take care of for yourself. But you have to tune in to a different wavelength. You do. And, and let me just, a basic element here for me personally and for what I think this topic means. Uh, I have a friend, uh, he he says you got to be a missionary to yourself uh, before you can be a missionary to others. So, I mean, this relates to our topic of reaching out. So one of the things I remind myself of every day is how much did Jesus love me? What did he do to show me that he loves me? Well, ultimately, he lays his life down for me. He sees needs that I have. He pays attention to them. He answers my prayers. He is completely absorbed with his love for me. It's not conditional. He loves me as I am. And he reaches into my life trying to remind me of that truth every day. Regardless of what other people around me do, my wife, my kids, my friends, my neighbors, people at church, it simply doesn't matter. I'm, I'm deeply focused and thrilled with the attention God has for me personally. So then I take that because, I mean, by the way, if I lose that, I have no real capacity to love others because I'm consumed more with my own issues. But if I know that Jesus loves me and I'm secure in him, that's why he made me. That's why I am his. Then I have a platform with which to engage other people. But those two always have to go together. And my foundation for life is how Jesus loves me. Does that make sense? It does. And it sounds like you're saying, too, uh, as I grasp it a little bit, that that if as we think about our lives and how we have been blessed, if we think we have been blessed, uh, then we're talking about recognizing that and, and, and trying to help bless others uh, and share the blessings, so to speak, with, uh, with those who may have some needs. Am I right on that? But uh, I think you're precisely right, Randy. And again, I want to go back to Jesus. He's my reference point <laughs> for us as followers of Christ. He's our reference point for everything. We want to start and end with him. So I look at his life. What did he do? He went about doing good. Mm -hmm. He paid attention to people's needs, whether it was a touch of healing, just a momentary thing, a few seconds, mm -hmm. and then he was gone, or a longer engagement. He paid attention to other people, and he gave of himself to meet their needs. And he was following his father's impulse in his life. So that's what he did. So, and I think that's our platform for each other as we move about in life. We're constantly thinking, constantly processing, where are other people, and how can we show them our love and Christ's love? Mm -hmm. And are we doing that, Hal, because we, we're trying to work our way into heaven? 
Heavens no. And that's why I wanted to begin with, I'm completely absorbed with how uh, awesome Jesus' love is for me. It's non-conditional. Mm-hmm. It's through his grace that he loves me. Mm-hmm. For I'm saved by faith through grace, not of your works. I don't do anything to deserve this. I don't do anything to change his love for me. So when I move around with other people, they don't have to do anything to change my love for them because I love them unconditionally, just as Jesus loves me unconditionally. So that's where I start. So again, I'm always looking at people's needs. And again, I can't meet everybody's needs. So I'm not evaluating myself on my ability to meet everybody's needs. I can't. Jesus is the only one who can do that, but he has put me in people's lives to pay attention to them and to encourage them. Am I serving then out of my heart, Hal, that this is, um, this is the spirit in me that, that's bringing out the desire to uh, reach out to somebody and to, and to give them a helping hand, uh, to so-called lift them up? Is it, is it rather than a commanded uh, work to get my way into heaven? Well, it's not a performance deal, so I can't work my way into heaven. That's what I, I mean. Can't, yeah. It's I can't not that, be, is it? No, I, I can't be like Jesus. I can't be perfect like him. But let me tell you, you mentioned the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells his disciples in the Upper Room Discourse, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to teach you about me. So as I go through life, the Holy Spirit is leading my mind, leading my heart, leading my emotions, leading my sensitivities to put me in a position to meet others people other people's needs my wife's my kids my grandkids people around me at church people in my neighborhood wherever i go people i happen to meet in a restaurant you know the holy spirit leads me just like he led jesus just like the spirit of jesus paid attention to his father. So Jesus gives me his Holy Spirit, not a performance deal. I have to do this. I have to obey Jesus. That's what he asks of me. No, I'm free to give my life away, just like Jesus was free to give his life away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I, I think I'm glad you said that. That brings it home even more to me. You know, another thing I want to say, Randy, and we can uh, go down this fact. Uh, how, what does this actually look like in life? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's paying attention to the needs people have in life. For example, let me give you the, the, the simple example of encouraging others. You know, Jesus' life could be summed up as, a, as one who gave eternal encouragement to everybody he met. You know, I just think of the simple principle of encouraging people. You know, how much do I encourage my wife? How much do I encourage my adult kids? You know, one of them lives in California, two live here. How much do I, how much do I invest my life in encouraging them and knowing where they're at, what they're going through? How much do I say, I love you? I appreciate you. You make a difference in my life and I want to encourage you. So you're just looking to give out encouragement to other people. And I think about that in my own spiritual life. If I know God loves me and it's unconditional, he encourages me every day. Every time I think about him, you know, my cup is filled. I mean, he loves me. It doesn't matter what I do, what I say, how much I fail. 
He's in love with me. He gave his son to give his life for me. Mm. And he's enamored with who I am. So Jesus has always encouraged me. And then a second thing is, as I'm with people, do I pick up on needs that they have? So how can I encourage people in their needs? Or can I do something tangibly to meet that need? You know, Jesus did give time to people, but he touched people. He healed people. He listened to people. He gave them time. So then I'm thinking, well, what kind of need does that person have? What kind of need does my wife have that I can meet knowing who she is because I've spent time listening to her, focused on her? But some of my kids, my uh, Sunday school class, my life group that I teach, you know, other network people on my network, you know, are bored. We had a board meeting the other night, you know, just paying attention to people, where their needs, what what's going on in their lives. Do I listen? Do I follow up with a phone call? And, you know, this can go on down the road. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can meet people's needs. Does that make sense, Randy? It does. It does. So it, it just resonates with me how that you are kind of banging a gong here that says that if I make even a minimal change in my uh, radar, if you will, or outlook toward other folks, that I begin to pick up signals about them. I, I, in other words, I don't have to overwork myself to do that. I can almost do that casually, just in observing what's going on around me and listening to people talk and listening to what they say to me. And I, through that process, I can grasp needs that people have that I might be able to speak into to help in some way. Is that a fair assessment of it? I have to get away from me first to be able to listen to them. But once I start listening, I will hear things that show me what the needs are. Uh, I think you're exactly right, Randy. I mean, people have needs all around us. And if I'm sensitive to them, if I, if I begin my day asking God to lead me to meet people's needs in their life, because that's really what it means to love. I mean, you just don't say, hey, I love you and don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it has to be shown in some way, some tangible way. Mm-hmm. Let me give you another example that comes to me. My wife is really good at this. You know, she thinks of people she hasn't spoken with for a long time. And this, this makes a difference in COVID. And I mean, a long time, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe a year, maybe, you know, some length of time, people who have made a difference in our lives. And how often do we love them back and make a quick phone call? I think of my wife on Mother's Day. There are about seven or eight women who have really poured their lives into her. And I remember on Mother's Day, she sat at a table on our patio and just made a series of phone calls, 15, 20 minutes each for two or three hours, just telling people how much she thanked them and blessed them for pouring their lives into her. And, you know, that made an incredible difference. I heard feedback from that, you know, hey, that meant more to me than you could ever imagine. So that's <laughs> those are illustrations. I get the biggest kick out of my spouse as well, how she sits at a table and writes notes to people. <laughs> and she'll spend half a day doing that. I don't know how many notes go out, but I I just uh, scratch my head. I, I am not a note writer. So I feel then, <laughs> I, uh, after observing her do this for, for so many years and uh, some, of the, some of the 
results that that creates. It just uh, makes me want to figure out uh, how I can help do something like that because people are just amazed that somebody wrote them a note that they cared about that person and uh, and, and that spark, if you want to call it, of encouragement just seems to happen. Uh, and they go, I really appreciate you thinking about me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I didn't even realize you were thinking about me. And um, I think there's lots of folks out there around each of us. I'm, I'm not sure uh, if I would say it's a multitude or not, but there's plenty of people around us who we would encourage just by, just by uh, contacting, probably. Would you say, Hal, in some form or fashion? It doesn't have to be a note. Uh, it doesn't have to be a phone call. It could be uh, casually when you see them on, uh, in your neighborhood or on, at the store. Am I right? And just say, hey, I've been thinking about you. Um, how's it going? Boy, I, you're so right, Randy. Let me give you a couple quick examples of this. Uh, I was on a Zoom call the other night with a bunch of other people, and there was one particular person in the Zoom call that very openly expressed they were going through a hard time. So I get off the Zoom call. Do I want to pay attention anymore to that person, or do I want to move off and say, hey, that's going to take time to get involved with that person, to send them a note of encouragement or whatever? Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, a second thing is in this world of COVID-19, how many people are isolated more than average, more than ever? And are there people that God wants to sensitize to me? I need to make a phone call. There's a young friend of ours, Vicki and I are pouring our lives into them. Uh, they just had a third miscarriage. I mean, they were devastated. So how much did we go out of our way to encourage them? and remind them that God has a purpose in their lives to grieve with them. So you, you, there are all kinds of examples every day that we have to pursue. Now, to think towards wrapping this up a little bit, um, you know, Jesus always pushes me. Hmm. You know, Romans 8.29, the Apostle Paul talks about being conformed to the image of his Son. So in these latter decades, these retirement years, you know, I want to say I have, I think one of the purposes of it, what needs to happen in these decades, in these years, for the years I've left, to be more conformed to the image of Christ, to grow up. So I think these are incredibly valuable years. Like Browning says, they grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. I, I want to suggest these latter years, these latter decades of our lives might be the best years ever for maturing in Christ. Mm -hmm. We have the breadth of our lives behind us to see what God has done. Now we can begin to see what he still has yet to do with and the impact of our lives. And I just think this third essential, I will care, I will love, I will be there for others in their needs. We will love each other as Christ commands us to love. Does that make sense, Randy? It does. It does. How? what would you say if I kind of am listening and, and grasp what, that I think I could do more in the area of <clears throat> looking out for needs, maybe reaching out a little bit and caring for somebody? But my life is, 
is consumed by other things. Uh, there's so many things that prevent us from getting beyond what's going on in my life. Um, could you comment a little bit on some of the stuff that, that, that might hang us up from doing this and what, how we might turn ourselves around a little bit in the way we look at our own busyness and our own life? Two things come to me. Uh, n- n- number one, I Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What am I focusing my life on? Am I focusing my life on things that matter to me and get in the way of what I want, or am I focused on the kingdom of God, Jesus' will, His wish, His love for my life? I'm, I mean, I think of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it, what's my passion? And then I think of a verse like Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. What are the things that impede or get in the way of my being like Jesus? And to be honest, they're, they're usually things that affect us personally, physically, our ills, our challenges, our pains, you know, whatever they are, our problems, mm-hmm. COVID-19, I mean, living in fear or withdrawing or not wanting to get out. So then I hear the voice of Jesus saying, I want you to love others as I have loved you. So I keep pushing myself. I feel the spirit of God leading me, encouraging me, nudging me on to be more like Christ during these important years. I think it's one of the great things about aging. How, what if I've tried and I, I feel like I've been rejected or, or kind of been blown off by the, by the recipient of it saying, you know, I don't need your help. Thank you very much. And that sort of <laughs> stood me back a little bit from, from trying to do this because I think other people are not going to receive my uh, overture very well. I hear what you're saying, Randy. And as we kind of wrap up this conversation today, I I want to remind us all that doesn't change the way Jesus thinks about me. You know, for example, in the Upper Room Discourse, Peter's saying, I love you, Lord. But Jesus says, hey, Peter, you, you don't realize how weak you are. You know, how into yourself you are. You're going to deny me three times tonight. You're going to focus on your own needs and what you want me to be, and you're going to go down a wrong way track, so to speak. But I want you to know that I love you. So regardless of where you're at personally, that goes back to where we started. Jesus loves me with an unconditional love. The best thing I can do any day is remind me how important it is that Jesus loves me with an everlasting, eternal love, and it has nothing to do with my performance in life. So I just want to keep following Jesus. And that's why, you know, in the last uh, essential, we talked about the importance of connecting. So I recently uh, heard this uh, in a Bible study I was leading in person, by the way. Uh, uh, One of the gentlemen said to me, he said, I think we are the summation of our five best friends. So who, who are the people you're hanging out with? Who's encouraging you to get beyond yourself and to love others? as Jesus loved us and as he designed us to love. So I think it's a, this is a great essential. It pulls me out of where I am, and it keeps my eyes focused on Jesus. And our prayer in Finishing Well Ministries would be 
to encourage each other in these six essentials to grow well, to connect well, in this one, to love well, just as Christ loves us. So I bless our listeners today and keep tracking focused on Jesus with your life. Thanks for joining us today. You can hear this podcast or any of our podcasts at finishingwellministries.org forward slash podcast and have a blessed day.